This episode of the Embody podcast is about my personal story of moving from emotional numbness to wholeness, navigating and developing a range of emotions, and my perspective of how emotional experience changes over time. I talk about an integrative blend of practices that have helped me on my journey and can help you in developing your emotional capacity and feeling good in your body. And over the course of this week, I'll offer three different audio healing meditations that you can use to develop your own emotional capacity. Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Embody Podcast, a show about remembering and embodying your true nature, inner wisdom, embodied healing, and self-love. My name is Candace Wu, and I'm a holistic healing facilitator, intuitive coach, and artist sharing my personal journey of vulnerability, offering meditations and guided healing support, and having co-creative conversations with healers and wellness practitioners from all over the world. If you've been listening to this podcast, you may have noticed something different this time, and it's that there is some music that opens this podcast. I want to send a huge thank you and shout out to Nick Werber, who is a fellow Family Constellations facilitator and musician, and he created this music and offered it to be used for the podcast. And for that, I am deeply thankful. You can find out more about Nick in the show notes. This episode is sponsored by all my listeners and supporters on Patreon. If this podcast has touched you in any way or resonated with you, I would greatly appreciate your support. There are also gifts that you can receive if you donate certain amounts that I will send you personalized meditations and healing experiences based on my intuitive sense of what you need and your input. You can access my Patreon page at candicewu.com slash Patreon. Thank you so much for your consideration. And just to give you an update about where I am in the world and what I'm doing, how I'm doing, I'm in Lombok, Indonesia, which is the island next to Bali. And I've been here about a week now with my partner. It's always an interesting process to figure out where to live, figure out nutritious food and transportation So that's been an adjustment, but I've really enjoyed the beaches here. It's much cleaner than in Bali because this island is far less developed. So after my grandmother's passing that I spoke about two weeks ago, being in Hong Kong and honoring her with my family, I spent a little time in Malaysia and headed over here. I'm finding that my body still wants to move very slowly and consciously as well as a lot of unconscious inner stuff is still working out, inner emotions that I'm not completely understanding or able to name all the time, but are just trying to move through me, sometimes in uncomfortable ways like a stomach ache or just random anger that wants to come through in screaming or pushing or moving. So in working with all that, I... If I step back, I have a lot of compassion for myself because there's so much going on on the inside that on the outside, I need to rest and be quiet and slow down and integrate. But to an outside person, it might just look like I'm lazy or not doing anything. But in fact, so much is happening at the unconscious level that 
it requires rest. It requires slowing down and integrating. So going all the way back to the episodes about spiritual crisis and existential crisis, I'm not all the way past it. Things are still cleansing out of me and finding its way to be known. Different beliefs and values are coming up to be examined and to be sorted. I constantly have dreams about cleaning out the kitchen, cleaning out different spaces that I've worked in or spaces at home, sorting objects getting rid of things, getting new clothes, keeping a few of the old ones. And so I interpret that as sorting my inner world. With all this going on, I'm also learning about the culture and having new experiences here in Lombok. Lombok is very different from Bali because it's primarily Muslim, whereas Bali is mostly Hindus. So I can often hear the Muslim prayers broadcasted over the loudspeakers right from my guest house, even in the middle of the night, like three in the morning sometimes. Near the beach villages, there are plenty of surfers and um, new restaurants popping up left and right. It's a much simpler and slower life, and it's very breathable. So there's my update for you, and let's get to the show today. I'm often asked by others about my emotional capacity and how is it that I can feel so much and feel strong in that or feel so much and get support. How can I have such a capacity and have I always had it? And the answer is no, I haven't always had this. It's only been about nine years since I've been able to feel. Quite truthfully, I've spent over a quarter of my life numb and protecting, not feeling, and almost in a paralyzed state in a lot of ways. I grew up in a Chinese family and we never spoke about emotions at all. I had no vocabulary for naming what was going on inside and speaking about our inner world was really not a thing we did. We mostly spoke about food and what we would be eating, where anyone was going or what we were doing, but emotions, our experience in the body, what was going on other than being physically sick, didn't have any space. As a very sensitive child, I imagine, I just didn't have any support with what I was feeling. And I now look back and know that I experienced a lot that would have elicited many, many, many feelings, but couldn't feel any of them. When I got to middle school, I remember rebelling a lot and feeling like my voice could finally come out and I could finally speak to some emotions because I had learned from people around me, my friends and teachers. But when I brought these emotions home to my family, especially when they were uncomfortable feelings, again, there was no place for them and I felt shamed. For a Chinese family, typically, It is very important to show respect to your elders, and it was associated with not feeling emotions, not telling your elders how you feel towards them if it's a bad feeling, quote-unquote bad feeling. So if I felt sad about something that happened or angry with somebody or angry with a situation, all of that was meant to be kept inside because if it came out, I would get some sort of punishment. I was used to all my life thinking my way through things because that had gotten me the farthest. And so when I got to my first embodied therapist about nine years ago, nine or 10 years, 
I had no idea that I had very little range of emotion and I had no way to deal with all the emotions that were going on inside. I had heard about EMDR therapy from a few colleagues at that time. I was an art teacher and I decided to give it a go. EMDR represents eye movement, desensitization, and reprocessing. It uses eye movements or some sort of bilateral stimulation, a tapping back and forth or vibration in your hands to bring the awareness and energy from the frontal cortex, the thinking mind, the place that makes decisions for us, all the way down to the brainstem where the amygdala and the limbic system is. The limbic system processes all sorts of emotions and experiences and At a very basic explanation, it helps us understand when we're in threat. So it holds our instinctual survival mechanisms. That's why it's called the reptilian brain. It's looking out for our basic needs for survival. So the amygdala and the limbic system located roughly at the base of the head and the neck, the connection of the neck, connects up with a polyvagus nerve going all the way down into the body And this nerve connects to all the major organs in the body. So I went from thinking through all my experiences and trying to problem solve and control my environment and make changes to being in the body, feeling what was happening with body sensation and noticing emotion and naming emotion. All of this, which I realized was far too scary to feel based on the fact that I had experienced a lot of trauma I had experienced emotional neglect and abandonment at a very early age, and I'd also experienced a lot of emotional, verbal, relational abuse. What I learned at that time was that this type of trauma, which a lot of therapists call small-t trauma, is much more challenging at times to move through because it's a continual trauma day after day without really knowing much different. And so it's trauma over trauma over trauma. So by the time I visited this therapist, I had at least 24, 25 years of buildup of emotion that never moved and that was repressed and fight and flight responses that just were stuck in my body, causing my nervous system to be anxious all the time, to have headaches all the time and tension all over my body. Along with this, I was having various physical symptoms like heart palpitations, numbness down my right side, and digestive issues, and I just never felt good. I was purely faking my way through life. I was smiling all the time and acting like I was happy because this is the way I had learned to protect myself all those years. This is the way I learned to make different connections with people outside of my family as well. And it gave me a very false sense of who I was because deep down I was filled with negative beliefs of myself and my self-worth. So when I saw this therapist who is located in Evanston, Illinois, she and I realized that I had about five different emotions that I could even name or feel. That included happy, sad, tired, mad, and maybe surprised. For me, anger was very limited. It was perhaps in like two modes. One mode was complete repression where my body would just feel tension everywhere. And the second mode was rage that just spilled me over into tears and self-defeat. 
any experience of frustration or anger seem to just channel into sadness and hurt. So I felt quite powerless all the time. And during the process of therapy, I realized that that was a reflection of almost all of my early years, that being powerless was the safer way to go. My biggest goal in therapy at that time was to develop a larger range of emotion because everything was categorized practically into those five emotions. I'm not even sure tired is an emotion, but uh, it's definitely an energetic state. So you can see how limited my experience was. EMDR brought me from that analytical and thinking problem-solving mindset down to my body so that I could actually breathe again and I could feel into my body. And session after session, we would spend sitting with what I felt. EMDR is really interesting because it's integrative and it connects up the body sensation, emotion, the image of what happened or memory of something that happened or the fear that you have of something in the future as well as the thoughts that come with it, the beliefs of self. I learned how to take a present day experience that was activating, upsetting, or triggering, connect it up with something that happened very early on, or some sense of that experience, some familiarity, and essentially clear out this entire channel or branch of experience that was connected with certain belief sets. This gave me a lot of resolution for these underlying negative beliefs that I had about myself, such as I'm not enough, I'm unimportant, I am unlovable or insignificant, all the way to the beliefs of I'm a bad person, I'm horrible and nothing. One of the things that helped me greatly in transitioning from this mental mindset, mental control to the experience of the body was that We took the body sensations and emotions and rated how much I was feeling them in the beginning and at the end, as well as rating the belief sets that I felt from the negative beliefs to the belief I wanted to feel and how much was I feeling that belief from the beginning of the processing and then to the end. This gave me a really tangible way to see my progress and to feel into the fact that this belief of myself was changing because I was processing and resolving and completing the things that weren't complete in the past. Looking back now, I remember trying other things that were quite similar to EMDR that use the same mechanism that come from different traditions. I read this book called Brainwave Vibration by Ilchi Lee, and it describes moving your head side to side just very slightly so that you activate the brainstem and you can come to a new baseline of calmness and relaxation. I practice that every day along with some of the practices that came from EMDR, which is installing or resourcing positivity, pleasant experiences. So I was able to develop a capacity for feeling challenging emotions as well as the positive ones. And it gave me a very flexible, and a free way to move through life over time. I also found that different practices in yoga reflected the same practice. There is a series of eye movement exercises that you can do right to left, right to left, or up and down, or side to side, or in circles. 
And all of that is to develop and stimulate the strength of the eye muscles, the ability to see and to have awareness and insight that is beyond what you can see now. It was a wonderful experience to see that the yogic practices were matching right up with something very scientific in terms of the Western eye. And later I came to study EMDR and practice it myself. So learning that that process had a match in indigenous practices such as yoga was very exciting to me. And these are some practices that I still use today with clients if they're interested in that. So the process of feeling body sensation and emotions was not entirely easy. Yes, of course, I started to feel more joy and pleasure and freedom. The ability to be flexible with how I move through life and trying not to control everything outside of me, that became easier and easier. But I do recall days of leaving therapy just completely in tears and taking the whole weekend to recover or lying on the floor raw and overwhelmed. I was in this process of doing as much healing work as fast as I could humanly do. So you might be wondering how I got from there to where I am now. And it was over the course of at least five years of EMDR therapy, somewhere in that process, I began to realize that I had a huge gift of feeling and sensing and that I could even feel and sense what others might be feeling or what an environment was experiencing and be able to interpret and see what was happening. That my ability to feel was a sensitivity and gift. At the end of some sessions, I would come to this place of expansion, spaciousness, and joy where I just felt like I am in the exact right place in my life and I know that I'm meant to do something with this, something deeper than teaching art, which was what I was doing at the time. I was getting much stronger in myself and facing so many fears, resolving them, and finding that who I was on the inside was a much stronger and powerful person than I ever knew. So when I first had the idea to go to grad school for clinical psychology, I was completely terrified. I all I knew was this life of having stability and security of a job that gave me insurance and a contract for a year as a teacher. So going to grad school with no health insurance, spending and investing a lot of money just freaked me out. But I took that leap and it was the best thing that I ever did for this aspect of my career. I also studied yoga and Ayurveda more deeply at that time and other indigenous healing practices and meditations. And when I found Family Constellations, my world was completely changed. Family Constellations is a type of healing modality that is completely embodied and without knowing mental information or knowledge about anything, our dynamics with people, our family ancestry, and what's happened way back in the generational line. We can know through the body sensation, intuition, and the sense. And so this made entire sense to me because I saw how physical ailments connected right up with some sort of ancestral or intergenerational upset or loss. How someone's ulcers were a result of something they couldn't digest in their gut 
because it was way too hard back then. Perhaps something like war or losing a child. Even little synchronicities of the body that I experienced, for example, always twisting my left ankle or my right side being a little tighter. Even things like my right eye being a little bit weaker than my left eye in sight. Family Constellations lets all of those aspects be seen in a way that makes complete connection and sense through the body, through what's needed, through movement, through felt sense. So when I found that, it was another way for me to understand how emotion connected with the body and how the whole family system, not just the primary family that's alive, but anyone dead and that came before my parents and grandparents and before them can affect my DNA, my body, my emotions now. And when I also found somatic experiencing a couple of years after that, I realized that I had been doing those practices in yoga and constellations, but then I developed a more refined idea of the science behind emotions and the science behind trauma. Looking back at the days I was lying down on the ground raw and completely overwhelmed and scared in terror, I wish I had known about some of the somatic experiencing practices to slow down and temper the experience, to not get re-traumatized in ways, and to pendulate going to a pleasant experience to help me move through that with more ease. So I've had some bumpy rides in the course of learning to navigate emotion and to be um, in my body. But overall, I'm so happy that I was able to find all these pieces and put them together to something that brings a lot more ease now. What I learned the most about emotions is that they're completely helpful. Emotions are aspects of our experience that want to help us. They are showing us inside something that we feel so that we can take the next course of action to protect ourselves or to give us the best outcome and to show us where we're truly alive and ourselves. So without feeling some of the more challenging emotions, I wasn't even able to feel happy, joy, or aliveness either. Brene Brown talks about the fact that we can't numb out negative feelings. We can't just numb out depression and sadness without numbing out all the rest. And that's exactly what I found in building my range of emotion. I saw it not just like a range in terms of one line and all these different emotions on a spectrum, but more so like a circle. That if my range was this size before, like the size of a quarter, let's say, that I was slowly expanding that circle so I could feel more like a golf ball size of a range and then larger. That expanding into the challenging emotions also expanded the positive emotions and expanding the pleasant feeling also deepened me into some more um, challenging and traumatic experiences that wanted to be healed. If you asked me prior to 10 years ago, I probably would have been someone who would say, yeah, how can I get rid of this anxiety or depression? Well, Actually, it probably was more like, what? I'm anxious and I'm depressed? And then shifted towards, yeah, how can I get rid of it? 
And what I've learned in the course of this nine to 10 years is that it's not about getting rid of any emotions at all. Those are extremely important and valuable resources that we have. It's about how to navigate them, to partner with them, and that the experience of emotions changes over time. It's less uncomfortable and threatening. And it moves towards that it's actually pleasant to feel emotions and they're useful. I hated feeling certain emotions for a long time. I hated feeling anger. I hated feeling deep hurt. And I would do anything to avoid it. Obviously, I did. I numbed out. But looking back, it all makes sense. Numbing out and protecting in that way was the best thing I could have done to survive the circumstances. And that there was not enough support, help, or resource to give me that safety that was needed to feel. Trauma is the experience of something being incomplete, where in the past we experienced something that was terrifying, scary, or overwhelming because we didn't have enough resource. If we didn't have the right kind of compassionate and loving support after something happened, or even during the thing that happened, if there was something our instinctual animal body wanted to do but didn't get to, we leave that situation incomplete and it gets stored in our nervous system as a fight, flight, or frozen response. This is a beautiful and very hopeful thing to see trauma this way because if we understand that there was something incomplete about a past experience or where there wasn't enough resource in the past, we can give that resource now, provide the safety now, and complete what needs to be completed. And that applies to anything in our personal life, anything in the intergenerational line, any tragedy that happened that perhaps didn't get to be grieved or some reaching out to reconnect that needed to happen, to restore the love, anything in terms of your personal life, your lineage, past life, if you believe in that, or if you don't, just random images and feelings that you have that seem to want and need something, you can complete that now. You can provide that love or safety that wasn't there in the past. So working with all of these types of traumas in my life have given me the capacity to feel alive, free, joyful, and feel any emotion now and know how to use it in a way that helps me. I want to offer a spectrum of how I've experienced emotion over time, and this will in some ways intertwine with a developmental process. And when I speak about development, what I mean is the process of learning how to feel over time from infancy to adulthood, which is something that got disrupted in my experience. So I'll share the evolution of my personal emotional experience and recognize that your path might not be mine and mine is not yours, but I hope that it might give some idea of how emotion can be experienced if you're experiencing it in a different way. And especially if you're experiencing some suffering or resistance with your emotions, I hope that this can give a new idea. So for me, stage one was my experience of repression and protection. This is where I just completely avoided feeling. I felt nothing. I hated feeling any emotion and didn't know how to get myself 
to resolve any emotion. I felt like it could just be endless. And I experienced depression, lots of fear and overwhelm. I needed to shape and control my environment and others to get what I needed. And that ultimately became frustrating as well. I had a lot of self-judgment, but I didn't know it. This is akin to playing dead as an animal. That if we feel experiences that are threatening and we get into a state of fight and flight in order to protect ourselves, but we can't use that energy, we aren't able to do that effectively or safely, we might just play dead and hope that our predator goes away. Just hope that this bad thing stops. So I spent a lot of my life in this mode. In the second stage, I began to feel the ability to experience in my body with a safe person. So with my therapist. And in this place, I still hated feeling a lot of feelings. I just really didn't like it and it was scary and hard. But I began to tolerate some emotion and some body sensation. And there was a slow progression towards tolerating more. With this, I began to experience more joy and spaciousness, more energy coming back to me, less tension in my body, and my digestion started to increase. And that's when I learned how intertwined the emotions and the body sensations were to physical sensation, to physical ailment, because over time, learning to digest my emotional state and the experiences that happened to me greatly improved my digestive experience. So I was able to digest food, physical food, much better. I realized that they're one and the same. So in this stage, I also was noticing my self-judgment more often. And while I sometimes believed myself in those judgments, I was able to see them and work with that. And because I had someone to support me, I was able to name and identify what was happening, name the feelings that were going on. And this is something that we need as children, as infants. We need someone to help us to name what we feel because what we're feeling is just so ambiguous and nebulous. When we get the proper emotional attunement, somebody to sense into where we are, we are and what we're feeling, we're able to thrive because we feel held in safety. We feel that someone is mirroring our experience and that it's okay. And when we have support in identifying our emotions, then we can begin that sorting process of what is all happening inside. And we can communicate what's happening so that we can get support and help move the feeling. The third stage of my experience is that I was able to feel a little bit of emotion that was challenging on my own. So while before I was only able to feel challenging emotions with my therapist, I started to do it at home where I could process what was going on the same way we were processing in session. At this point, I was just tolerating it. I knew that in therapy, I was finding some completion with emotions and resolve. I was feeling better at the end of sessions. And so I knew I could take that template home and work with it, but it wasn't easy. I would get stuck often and just bring that back to my therapist. So luckily I had therapy every week. It was consistent. And my self-judgment at the time was decreasing quite a bit. And I noticed that even more. And I realized that most of the beliefs that I had were not true. 
I was not identifying with these beliefs as much. And that gave me the space in between my awareness and my belief sets to be able to see myself and to see who I wasn't. Also, during this stage, I was noticing where I would be triggered in the past in situations with the same experience and circumstance, but that now I wasn't experiencing it that way anymore. I was feeling less intensity of emotion or none at all. In the fourth stage, roughly, and all of these stages kind of overlap and interweave, I began to enjoy my experiences, enjoy my body sensation and emotion, and I could accept some feelings and like them while I was with my therapist, play with them, and that I began to tolerate more of these experiences by myself. I felt a lot of resolve and my beliefs changing internally so that I didn't have to control my environment as much. I was able to transform something inside. Changing things on the inside and transforming this way also helped me to create a better life naturally. It was that I was attracting experiences or perceiving experiences in different ways that I felt a lot more joy and love and connection with people. Of course, there were still feelings, certain emotions that were challenging that maybe I would get stuck with, and I would just bring that again back to my therapist. On the fifth stage that I want to name is that I began to feel pleasure in almost every single emotion. Before that, I just knew that somehow I would get there to feel that way, to feel pleasure, but I wasn't exactly feeling that. I still had resistance to certain emotions, especially anger. That was a very hard one for me. But now I feel that every single emotion is enjoyable. I believe that's because I built a lot of trust in myself, a lot of capacity and resilience over time where I have safety internally in my nervous system, as well as the distance from the emotions so that I don't believe that the emotions are everything or that I am these emotions or beliefs, that there's space between me and all of this experience that I'm witnessing with much more equanimity and neutrality. So I can feel a large range of emotion and feel peace in that and can move through most experiences by myself, but Still, I'm human, and there are times where there are rough spots, and I reach out, and that helps me move through experiences with more love and compassion. And I'll just add one more stage that I'm noticing in myself now is shifting to easier ways to move through experiences instead of feeling it all emotionally and in my body. I believe that our physiology wants us to be able to use emotions and use body experience to our advantage, to use them as tools in everything that we are doing here, all the lessons that we're learning and moving through life the way we want to. And so if we can't feel emotionally, if we can't feel body sensation and use that as an ally, then our soul is going to want us to. I experience this as sort of one stage of what we need to experience as humans. And when you have that ability, then you can move into different ways of processing different technologies of moving things through spiritually or energetically that don't require the amount of grueling emotion. And that amount of grueling emotion also is experienced differently. It's 
not that it goes away necessarily, but more so it's an easier experience, more pleasant, as I had mentioned earlier. So now shifting into using more imagery and using higher vibrational energy, lightness and play and amusement to shift things energetically, to use color and movement. While some of these ways were already being integrated in my experience over these last nine years, sometimes I felt like it was extremely important to feel something bodily and emotionally because it was a human experience. And by using imagery only, it wasn't touching to the core of the trauma. And at that time, I didn't really understand how some of these higher vibrational energies could work because I needed a very human experience. The trauma happened in a early human experience and it needed to be resolved with a different human experience. Some people talk about spiritual bypass or using their spirituality to help them understand and heal, which I think is a very powerful tool. And there is such a thing as spiritual bypass that if we're only using some sort of spiritual guidance or understanding to get us through an experience, then we may actually be using it in a way that resists the whole experience, the whole bodily and emotional experience as well. But I think it's good to remember that different experiences call for different tools. So to be able to tap into both are, are very important tools to have. So to sum up the whole experience of all the different stages of my emotional evolution, I went from resisting and hating most of my body and emotional experience with a lot of suffering and a lot of avoidance, a very limited experience of myself and identifying with all the beliefs and emotions that were coming up to a place of witness and freedom, the ability to navigate a lot of emotions and to experience them differently, to find pleasure in them to find the wisdom, empowerment, and clarity that comes with allying with all of the emotions and sensations that happen inside. Nine years ago, I would have never have said that I would enjoy my emotions. That would just make absolutely no sense to me. But now there's just no way to live without them. They're so easily moved now and essential for most of my experiences. The interesting thing that I noticed while doing this podcast this is actually my third attempt at recording this podcast. What happens sometimes is that I'll say something, I'll start the podcast, I'll even do a whole chunk of what I want to say, and then I'll feel exhausted or frustrated. When that happens, I find that there's something I'm resisting or something that's coming up in me that wants to be seen or healed before I can find myself in a grounded place. So this Three attempts has happened over the course of three days, actually. And within that, I felt a huge amount of rage come up. And I actually don't know where to place that rage, but I was able to move it through with some somatic experiencing work and imagining screaming at something, fighting something that just helped the energy move. I think it's no coincidence that at the same time I felt some major gut pain and indigestion. It may have been triggered first by something I ate that didn't sit well with me, but it didn't move very quickly. And so all of this emotion came through with the, the physical abdominal pain that I was having. 
And in the grand scheme of what I've been going through in the last several months, I believe that this is just another piece that wanted to cleanse and especially cleanse through while I'm speaking about the topic of emotions and my process over time. So I hope this was an interesting podcast for you and that this helps you to see where you are on your emotional evolution or um, where you want to go in terms of your progress and your journey. I'm going to do something different this time. This segment of the podcast is primarily just talking about my experience and what I've learned in, in terms of emotions. Following this, the next three podcasts that will come out within this week will be three different meditation and healing experiences that you can use on your own. And I'm doing this in separate segments so that if you'd like to come back to certain experiences, certain meditations, you can practice them over and over easily by just going to that podcast. So the three podcasts will include resourcing strength and safety. And we may use some eye movement or tapping with that to help the body and the nervous system really instill and embody that. The second one will be moving from pleasant experience to unpleasant so that you can build your capacity and range of emotion. And this will help you move through emotion in an easeful way so that it doesn't feel so violent, raw, or overwhelming. And the third experience I want to offer within this topic is a piece of the emotional switchboard activity that I described that I did with my therapist, but I'll have an adaptation of that so that you can do this on your own uh, with my guidance. So if you're desiring more peace inside your body or the ability to navigate certain emotions that are challenging with more ease, you can practice those meditations at any time. So that concludes the podcast for today. Thank you so much for listening and I appreciate all the feedback that I'm receiving. Feel free to reach out if there's anything you'd like to talk about around this podcast. And before you go, I'd like to invite you to listen to more meditations, explorations, and interviews on my podcast at candicewoo.com slash podcast. And you can also subscribe to my weekly newsletter and become a member of the Embody community on CandiceWu.com slash embody, where you can get lots of free resources, other meditations, and information about my retreats, workshops, and private sessions. The show notes for this podcast can be found on my website as well. And I would be so touched if you considered becoming a contributor and supporter at my website at CandiceWu.com slash Patreon. So stay tuned for the following meditations that will come out this week. And See you next time on the Embody Podcast.